On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to have Phil Johnson from MBL on the podcast. We had such a great conversation all around emotional intelligence, uh, what it looks like, how to spot emotionally uh, uh, deficient, uh, emotionally intelligent, deficient uh, executives in your organization. We talked about um, why uh, you know the vast majority of us are uh, are low on the emotional uh, intelligence. Uh, quotient. Um, and uh, we talked about some ways uh, poten- to potentially start to develop uh, more emotional intelligence within your organization. You guys are not going to want to miss this one. Hey guys, if you're looking to scale your e-commerce brand, you need tips and strategies from people who have actually done it. Stop reading those newsletters written by marketers who have only ever spent founders' hard-earned money and start reading from the perspective of seven and eight-figure founders. That's why we're launching the Secrets to Scaling newsletter to give you real, actionable advice from founders with firsthand experience. Get the latest strategies from ad campaigns, budgeting, wholesale, partnerships, and so much more. Sign up for our beta for free at secrets.upgrowthcommerce.com. Hey guys, are you struggling to create offers that actually convert? Look no further than our must-have brand new course called Million Dollar Offers. With just a few short videos, you're going to learn the seven essential elements of a million dollar offer and how to leverage the power of AI and chat GPT to iterate on your headlines and your prompts. The great news is that this course is actually completely free. So Google Upgrowth Academy, that's Upgrowth Academy and look for the course called Million Dollar Offers. You guys will not regret this one. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today I am joined by Phil Johnson. Really looking forward to our conversation today. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Jordan. It's a it's a pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, absolutely. I always love talking with other Canadians. Uh, you know, normally I'm, I'm I'm talking to Americans. I feel like you know us us Canadians. You know, at least uh, kind of get each other a little bit uh, uh, here. So, uh, looking forward to diving in. Before we get started, Phil, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm the founder and CEO of the Master of Business Leadership Program. And I've been an executive coach for the last 22 years, working with executives and organizations all over the world uh, to uh, help develop um, leadership and emotional intelligence and uh, leading to career corporate and personal success. So I've helped generate about a billion and a half dollars in revenue. And um, there are MBL program alumni all over the world. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting into this. Uh, emotional intelligence is one of those uh, subjects that I, I really like uh, to talk about, uh, you know, in the businesses that, that we own and run. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, different uh, people out there. And it's <laughs> and a lot of times it's difficult to navigate uh, um, those situations. And with my executives, uh, you know, making sure that they actually understand um, how to communicate with people and 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 have this empathy and all of these sorts of things. So I'm really looking forward to to diving into that, Phil. Before we get into it, you know, people who are listening to this, um, uh, you know, I've had conversations with a lot of people, and and one thing that I've found is a lot of people don't have coaches, right? They they just they just don't even start on the on the entire coaching route. Can you make a pitch for for why in the world an executive would even want to to work with a coach? To succeed, to uh, to have that help and accountability in order to get better results. There's something about having that third party person looking into 
what you are doing and, and those blind spots that I, I think that we have um, that is so ridiculously important. I, I've had a coach for I don't even know how many years now. And there are so many times where my coach is just like, uh, will will very gently velvet hammer uh, let me know about some issues that I just didn't see myself. And it's been absolutely invaluable. I'd love to get into the uh, emotional intelligence piece, Phil. Um, where where do you start uh, when you're coming in with a, a, a new executive and trying to figure out um, where some of the, the bleeding neck issues are? It's always the uh, same place. Um, I ask them what they want. See, when somebody tells you what they want, they're also telling you what they don't have. And the bigger the gap between where they are versus where they want to be, the more motivated they are to look for a solution to close that gap. And without that motivation, uh, change is impossible. Mm. So you have to um, you have to develop uh, an emotional connection to something you want to achieve that's greater than the fear that's going to get generated in you when you step outside of your comfort zone in the pursuit of that desired result. Mm. See, we're only actually conscious about 3 to 5% of the time. The rest of the time, we're relying on our habits to determine our behavior and our results. So um, the starting point is always there's only two sources of motivation that will cause us to uh, to be willing to leave our comfort zone in uh, in the pursuit of better results. One is uh, pain. The other one is passion. And hardly anybody's connected with their passion. So for the most part, the initial motivation for change is an urgent desire for better results than they're currently getting, i.e. pain. Mm. How do you dig into that with people who think that they're doing just fine? I don't. If they're if they're satisfied with their current results, I can't help them. Yeah. Nobody can. <laughs> Absolutely. And those are the people that you don't that 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 will not get help, right? Uh, unless you Correct. you you know you realize that that you have that problem. Where does this um this this process of developing emotional intelligence is the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's um, it's much more difficult than intellectual or physical labor. It's like Navy SEAL training for your emotions. Mm. The rewards are incredible. But unless you have an emotional connection to something you want to achieve that's greater than your fear, you will you simply won't have the motivation to do the to do the emotional labor that's required. And quite frankly, most people don't. That's why the current level of employee engagement worldwide, according to Gallup, is around 13%. Low levels of employee engagement are costing the U.S. economy over a trillion dollars a year. So it's, and it's also why over 80% of all M&A and organizational development initiatives fail. It's a huge problem. And, but more, more and more companies are hiring, developing, and promoting largely based on emotional intelligence uh, it's because we're facing a tsunami of accelerating change with a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. So I'll give you an example. As a company that's currently valued at about $2.2 trillion, and they're doing about $600 billion a year in revenue, and their primary hiring focus is emotional intelligence. That company is Apple. That's why when you walk into an Apple store, the energy you feel is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. Mm. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're trying to understand your pain and, if possible, offer a solution to your pain. They want you to have a great experience, and maybe you'll tell your friends, and they'll tell their friends. And if you think about it, that energy you feel in that environment is a very different energy from the energy in the coming out of the store surrounding that environment. So that's an example 
of um, an emotionally intelligent environment. It's interesting too, Phil, like you bring up the Apple example, even going into one of their stores, I never feel like I'm being sold to, never once, right? Like I, I feel like I'm actually being supported by somebody who actually just wants what what I want. And I am, I am an Apple guy, everyone. Um, Phil, is there some kind of, so actually I want to go back to the engagement, uh, the engagement scores, because that's something that we track across our companies. And, um, and we've never seen numbers quite that low before, but I absolutely, um, I absolutely believe it. Is there a good measure that you found for employee engagement? Uh, yeah. Uh, reduced toxicity in the environment, a willingness to take risk, uh, willingness to be open uh, to ask questions uh, and to fail. If you're unwilling to fail, you're guaranteed to fail. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can quote that one, guys, because uh, I have seen that uh, absolutely true uh, in in my life and and people around me. Um, Phil, I want to get into the the emotional intelligence piece. Is there a like um, a measure? Uh, you know, when you go and start working with with an executive or or whoever you're going to be working with, how do you actually measure what that emotional intelligence looks like? Is that quantifiable? Sure. As a matter of fact, so I've been I've worked with people running multi billion dollar companies with thousands of employees and Harvard MBAs and PhDs, and I've been a faculty advisor to doctoral students at Northwestern in organizational development and emotional intelligence. I've worked with people all over the world. The central thesis of the work I'm doing involves energy physics, um, and there's a. <laughs> you've got another four or five hours. I can explain it to you, um, but the bottom line is, <clears throat> it's very quantifiable. It's very observable, provided you have a level of emotional intelligence. See, the lack <clears throat> the lack of emotional intelligence blinds us to reality. It blinds us to being able to see ourselves, and it blinds us to being able to see other people for who they are. So the more, more emotionally intelligent you are, the easier it is to see it in other people, or the lack of it. Or the lack of it. Uh, Phil, it, it, interesting how you bring that up, because I, you know, I know back in, uh, back in the day, <laughs> um, uh, there was some, some stat out there, and I don't know if this is actually true or not, where it was like, half of all CEOs are, are psychopaths. Uh, or on the psychopath spectrum somewhere uh, in there, um, or, or or sociopath or whatever whatever we're going to call it, um, is that something that you still see now um, in the executive world? That 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 sort of you know being able to bowl over everyone and just get the job done, like that you see those kinds of executives out there, or or are the tides starting to to change a little bit? Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. What do you think when you see statistics like employee engagement of thirteen percent? Well, that it's still rampant, right? That 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 managers and executives do not actually understand what it takes to actually engage people and create a work environment that that they actually want to be in. At the risk of uh, completely confusing your audience, if the model we if the model we live in is a win lose model, so in order for me to succeed, um, you need to fail. Um, doesn't it stand to reason that the people that are the winners within that mo- the definition of that model? Are the are the best at playing that game? Yeah. There's something I need to I need to back up here and put some context in for uh, for your listeners. There's three primary sources of resistance we have to change. Two are biological, one sociological. So bear with me for a second. Sure. Um, whenever we take an action that moves us outside of our comfort zone, as a part of our old lizard brain called the amygdala, 
that doesn't want us to do that. So it automatically triggers the release of a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol. And that causes the executive center of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, to shut off. And we go into what psychologists refer to as an amygdala hijack. Some people lash out. Some people run away. Some people freeze like a deer in the headlights. Um, and it causes us to often say and do things we later regret. When that happens in conflict situations, people die. When it happens in business or personal situations, relationships die. We burn trust. Mm -hmm. So as an analogy, if you think of your amygdala as a very frightened four-year-old child, the development of our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet the amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the fear and anxiety that change and innovation always triggers in us and be able to move through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve as opposed to allowing that fear to keep us trapped in our comfort zones. You see, we're facing a tsunami of accelerating global change. Some scientists estimate in this century we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years worth of change. Wow. So change is increasing, never happened before. Change is increasing at an exponential rate. And we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. So without the development of our emotional intelligence, we're going to experience accelerating rates of drama, chaos, and conflict. And if you look around, you can see that occurring. Uh, ab absolutely. Uh, Phil, something that comes to mind right away is, you know, I've got three little kids or oldest is nine and and they're right now, you know, really developing their emotional intelligence. But, you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old and and obviously, you know, I'm still I still consider myself young, but but can people, you know, my age and above, like actually develop emotional intelligence after having these tracks of the, the way that we've been for, you know, 37 years? The answer is yes. And the ROI increases exponentially. Let me give you an, let me give you a comparison of the difference between IQ and EQ. There was a 40-year study done at UC Berkeley comparing IQ with EQ, and they concluded that emotional intelligence was 400% more valuable in, determ in determining success than intellectual intelligence. But think of it this way. Think of intellectual intelligence or IQ as somebody giving you $10,000 a day for 31 days. So at the end of 31 days, you've got $310,000. Think of emotional intelligence as a penny that doubles in value. So day one, you've got a penny. Mm. Day two, you've got two pennies. Day 31, you've got $10.7 million. Mm. Day 40, you've got over $5 billion. Day 50, you've got over $5 trillion. So whereas the development of the ability to do intellectual labor is genetic. If you have a high IQ, your parents had a high IQ, their parents had a high IQ, and you simply inherited those genes. So not everybody can have 160 IQ, but anybody, everybody can develop their emotional intelligence by doing the emotional labor that requires. And the ROI is massively greater than intellectual intelligence. Um, our educational system has failed us, and our employment system has failed us. We are facing a tsunami of accelerating global change with a 500 million euro brain, and we're, we're completely, totally unprepared for it. What are some practical ways to increase emotional intelligence? Because I don't think that's something that we... It's not anything we focus on, right? It's not something, you know, I, I don't send my my executives for emotional intelligence training. Um, you will. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I will. Phil, so honestly, this this conversation is opening up uh, my eyes, and I'm 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 actually a little nervous <laughs> talking to you because I'm like, good, because <laughs> good, because because you should, you should be, yeah. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> this isn't something that I think about. It's not something I, I think about for now. I think about it for my family a hundred percent of the time because I'm very concerned with the way that they, you know, learn. The development of emotional intelligence is an experiential process. It is not an intellectual process. That means you can't develop it by having a conversation or reading a book or watching a video. Those are intellectual processes. The development of emotional intelligence is an experiential process that's developed in the process of leaving your comfort zone and moving through the discomfort that triggers in you towards what it is you want to achieve. That's how you develop emotional intelligence. It's how you become a more inspirational leader. That's how you become more conscious of what's going on in you and around you, which uh, frees you from your ego-based fears, which leads to higher levels of trust and engagement, which guarantees career, corporate, and personal success. I think I should, I think I should give you uh, like a three-minute overview of the root cause and solution to everything. <laughs> please, please. The theory of everything. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> what I'm about to say... Um, I've been proving all over the world for the last 22 years, and I've coached thousands of executives. When we're born, we're not born with a conscious mind. And I'll give you an example of what I'm about to say shortly. Uh, we are born with an unconscious mind, but we don't start to become conscious until we're about a year or so old. But we immediately start wiring up our brain, creating the neural network pathways become our, that become our habits in order to survive, fit in, get food, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of those habits unconsciously cause us to give away our energy. And we do it in lots of different ways. How we listen, take responsibility, make decisions, communicate, all sorts of ways. But when we give away our energy, it creates an energy deficit in us. So at the same time, we're unconsciously giving away our energy over here. We have to be replacing that energy by trying to steal energy from other people over here. And that dynamic is going on inside of everybody, everywhere, all over the world, all the time. Mm. And that is the root cause of all drama, chaos, and conflict. So what I do in the MBL program is I show people how they're unconsciously giving away their energy, and I give them better habits to practice to stop doing that. And when they stop giving away their energy, their need to steal the energy of other people goes away because they don't need it. And it's in that process that you get all of those results that I mentioned previously. Okay, so here's an example. The second MBL habit is called authentic listening. The key, and the key to authentic listening is to not take anything personally. Mm. How somebody feels about you, whether they like you or whether they hate you, has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what's going on inside of them. But if how you feel about yourself is based on how somebody else feels about you, who's running your life, you or them? Yeah, yeah. everything external to you is running you. Right. So they are, right? Yeah. You're unconsciously giving away your energy to them yeah. to determine how you should feel about yourself. If you like me, I like me. If you don't like me, I don't like me. Mm. And as strange as that sounds, that describes all of social media. Yeah, totally. We bend over backwards to get people to like us so that we can feel better about ourselves. So we're giving away our energy to other people to determine how we should feel about ourselves. And when we do that, simultaneously we're trying to we have to 
replace that energy by trying to control and manipulate others to steal their energy to replace the energy that we're giving away. And that dynamic, that energy dynamic, is the root cause of all of the drama, chaos, conflict, war, everywhere. Mm. So it's baked in to our institutions. It's baked into schools, business, government, um, sports, everything. And we grew up in it. So, so how does somebody who, who has a very low EQ realize this, right? They like, don't. But then how do they change, a, Phil? Like, like how? Well, because they, 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 the only way they can, they have, first of all, they have to be in a lot of pain. Yeah. They have to be motivated to be willing to take the leap of faith of moving outside of their comfort zone in the pursuit of better results. Um, because you can only connect the dots in hindsight mm -hmm. after you've taken the leap of faith. Executives going through the MBL program are going through it and they're going, holy shit, this stuff's amazing. This is incredible. Why did I never get this anywhere else? And uh, I said, yeah, I know it's, uh, it's remarkable, but let me ask you something. Is there anything I could have said to you in the beginning before you started down this path that could have prepared you for what you know now? Are there any words that I could have said to you that could have helped you to prepare for what you know now? And they always say no. There's nothing you could have told me. You see, that's the difference between knowing something intellectually and knowing something experientially. Yeah. Yeah. I it always requires a leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Phil, what, what what you're saying is really, really hitting. I'm even I'm just thinking about my teams right now and 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 how to support <laughs> how to support them in in this sort of journey, because I feel like it is so incredibly um, uh, important. Yeah, the ROI, uh, the development of emotional intelligence isn't a solution to the challenges we're facing. It is the only solution to the challenges we're facing. Uh, it represents the future of organizational change. So where where do you start with organizations then? Where where do you start when when the and I feel like I'm going to answer my own question already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where do you start when the CEO has a very low i has a very low EQ and and doesn't want that change? It doesn't matter what the, the starting point is always the same. What do you want? Yeah. When somebody tells you what they want. Not what you need, what you want. People don't do what they need to do. They do what they want to do. Yeah. So when somebody tells you what they want, they're also telling you what they don't have. So the bigger the gap between where they are versus where they want to be, they're more motivated they are for a solution to close that gap. Okay? So you want to find out what they want. And you want to be able to connect achieving what they want with the development of their emotional intelligence. Gotcha. So they, so they have to have an urgent desire for, for better results than they're currently getting. Without that... Yeah, and if they don't change... If, yeah, and if they don't have that need or that want or that desire to actually change, then it doesn't really matter, does it? It simply means they're not yet in enough pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and and I'm sure some people get to the end of their life and, and, and never get... Oh, there. absolutely. Most people would rather die than change. So how as a, you know, because there's a lot of founders uh, and executives that listen to, to this podcast, how do they recognize um, lack of emotional intelligence uh, in their executives? Toxicity, um, lack of engagement, 
lack of customer engagement, um, Jesus, turnover. Mm. You know, a lot of you know a lot of what we're seeing post COVID is people are saying, "Screw it, I'm not going back into that toxic environment." Totally. COVID has given them an opportunity to kind of lift their heads up. They're saying, "No, nah, that's not going to happen." That's, it maybe uh, created a bit more consciousness uh, in them, right? Correct. Rather than the five percent, maybe it's been ten. <laughs> correct. It's well, it's, it's a different. They have a greater awareness because they've been able to be in a less toxic environment for a period of time, and they don't want to go back into that toxic environment again. Hmm. Phil, is there a you know like there's an IQ test? Is there an EQ test to to run people through? Sure. I mean, there's a bunch, there's lots of questions uh, you can ask people. People giving away their energy, uh, I call them, I call them victims. So a victim can't exist in isolation. They have to be around other victims. They have a codependent relationship. They're simultaneously giving away and stealing each other's energy. Yeah. Um, but they don't like each other. They don't trust each other, and they can never lower their walls around each other, but they need each other. And so no matter how much drama, chaos, and conflict there is in the organization, the victims within the organization are always trying to create more victims. Mm. So it's like if you ignore victim behavior, uh, it doesn't go away. It metastasizes and will eventually destroy the organization like cancer. Yeah. So – People have been, we've been trained, we've been incentivized from childhood to give away our energy and steal the energy of other people. So the need for the development of emotional intelligence exists in everybody. It's a massive problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not as though it's just like, oh, we're just going to pinpoint one person like, oh, yeah, I think that they're not emotionally intelligent. What you want to look for is uh, people that, want to achieve something that motivates them to take action. It doesn't matter what you want for somebody. It only matters what they want for themselves. So actually, um, so there's a methodology for individual change and there's a methodology for organizational change, but you can't have organizational change without individual change first. Think of it this way. Think of an organization as a big pool of energy. Um, The more emotionally intelligent individuals you train in that organization, you're actually draining the drama, chaos, and conflict out of the organization that the victims need to feed off of. So the so the drama, chaos, and conflict becomes less and less and less, and it forces people to either change or leave the organization for a more chaotic organization. Mm. So it means that the organization can heal itself from the inside out. And and is that from the top down? Uh, d- uh, or does that no, matter? Doesn't matter. See, leadership's not a position; it's yeah. a choice. If you need a title to get people to follow you, you're not a leader. If your behavior doesn't inspire followers, you're not a leader. Yeah. So, they just, we just we just we just all have different jobs. Whether you're folding boxes in the warehouse or signing checks in the corner office, you just have a different job. Yeah. The leader, the leadership one is interesting. I grew up with my, my dad was a pastor and, uh, and so a leadership position, but he would often say, he's like, you want to know if you're a leader, look behind you. Are people following you? Correct. <laughs> and you'll know. <laughs> if you're a leader. Let, let me, let me, uh, let me tell you why that is. 
Um, because we've evolved from herds, tribes over millions of years, we've had to develop the ability to sense whether somebody's trying to help us or eat us. Mm. So we have these specialized brain cells, a brain scientist called them uh, mirror neurons in our prefrontal cortex. I call them bullshit meters. Mm. So that's why you can walk into a room and sense the energy in the room, or you can have a conversation with somebody and sense whether they're trying to help you or hurt you. Mm. So you can't fake being authentic. Yeah. Um, we've spent hundreds of millions of years being able to discern whether somebody's being real or not. So when you lower your walls, when you stop giving away your energy, people sense that they can lower their walls and be more of who they truly are around you than they can be around, around their victim buddies. And that's what creates the attraction. That's what creates inspirational leadership. It's energy physics. Hmm. Phil, this has been a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much for uh, walking through this with me. Uh, really, really appreciated it. Um, tell me a little bit about where people can connect with you and then learn a little bit more about MBL. Uh, best place to reach me is through my uh, my LinkedIn profile. And I think I might have sent you, I have a, a Zoom calendar. If somebody wants to jump on my calendar and continue the conversation, I'd be happy to. Absolutely. So guys, uh, just like every single episode, I know this one's a little bit different, a little less tactical uh, than our normal episodes, um, but everything that Phil talks about uh, in and, and Phil and I talked about in this uh, episode, we are going to put into the show notes. So I uh, would really recommend you guys taking him up on that offer. We'll make sure that that Zoom link uh, is uh, down below. Phil, thanks again so much for your time today. Uh, any parting words before we go? Yeah, I really encourage your listeners to bet on themselves by developing their emotional intelligence. They won't regret it. Awesome. Thanks again, Phil. My pleasure. Are you an e-commerce founder or marketing leader struggling to get new offers or creative and copy to test fast enough in your ad accounts? Do you feel like your ad campaigns are falling flat and not generating the results that you actually need this year? The pain of not being able to effectively test and optimize your ad campaigns can lead to tons of missed sales and a huge amount of lost revenue, but we've created a solution. Introducing the Viral Offer Bundle from Upgrowth Commerce. For just $99, you're going to receive 10 highly engaging image creatives, 30 scroll-stopping headlines, 30 captivating ad copy variations, and 30 ad descriptions. These powerful tools are going to help you quickly test and optimize your ad campaigns to get the best results possible. Do not miss out on another sale. Visit www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash offer to buy today and then start seeing that relief from your ad campaign pain. Again, that's upgrowthcommerce.com slash offer. Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. If I could ask one favor of you, it would be to share this with your other e-commerce store owner friends. Uh, we want uh, everyone in the e-com space uh, to be listening to this podcast and lots of you guys already are and we really, really appreciate that. One last thing before you go as well is we are offering to our podcast listeners a free e-commerce growth plan where we go from strategy to sale with your brand in this e-commerce growth plan. So feel free to go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow and apply for a free growth plan today. Thank you all again so much for listening.